The standard Bowmaster's art is objectively the best art. Hello and welcome to Eternal Turtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? Dude, what's up, dude? Are you ready to talk about the black being the best fair color in the format now? I love this. I think that, you know, yeah, of course I'm ready. You know, like, I, I think I think it's time. It's well past time, actually, that, that black got its, uh, got its due again. Yeah, Bowmasters, I mean, pretty much the Lord of the Rings set as a whole has sort of introduced black back into the world as a... A color beyond dark ritual decks. Yeah, so I mean, you've got what uh, Troll of Khazad Doom, uh, Sauron's Ransom, uh, Orcish Bowmasters, obviously. What else? Yeah, those those three cards in particular are the like most noticeable ones. Yeah, uh, I mean, Bowmasters in Bowmasters, what now the most played creature in the format? Like, I think so, I get yeah. that it's it's still fresh and like the format needs to adjust, but yeah, it's that, and then. Uh, the fact that it has brought along with it a bunch of other decks that then also look for other cards. So, like, Baleful Strix starts to show back up a lot more and, like, the Esper style stuff. Um, but, like, the Land Cyclers as a whole were slow. People were slow to, to recognize those. I think yeah. including us. I don't think we recognized the, the Cyclers immediately. No. Uh, I, I, just, I just read that as another card from, uh, from uh, what was it, uh, Ikoria. You know, the one-mana mm-hmm. Cyclers from Ikoria that, like, we weren't... I... I, I, I Completely wasn't interested in it unless I was going to play play a draft, right? Like, the yeah. draft format was just basically like whoever gets the most of those and you know the payoffs or whatever. But this is I, more; uh, these are being used in ways that are uh, it feels much different than those cards. Yeah, I mean, the Troll of Casa Doom is just being specifically abused with Reanimate. I haven't seen it anywhere else other than doing exactly that. Yep. where it's just like, yep, it's an unblockable six five on turn one, which is just, like, better than, like, that Street Wave plan that Death Shadow players used to do. We do have that um, planned. Or did, I should say. Yeah, and that's, it, this is just, like, a, a huge upgrade to that, right? Like, as long... Because you, you would need one mana source anyway, and even though you can't do it on turn... Like, you can't do that play on turn one like you can with Street Wave, Cycle Plus Reanimate, but the difference between a 6-5 and a 3-4, both of which would theoretically be unblockable if their text is relevant, yeah. then it's like, all right, well, it's still a faster clock even on turn two, than the Street Wraith on turn one. So it, it doesn't really change that math at all. And it, the only difference is like your opponent would have access to a mana, but you would theoretically be able to play around days because the troll got you a second mana anyway. So yeah. it just like lines up a, across the table in a really meaningful way to have like this play pattern be like, yeah, here's just another way that I can like cheat my land count and then still get my threat density high enough. And this is the same thing with Lorien Revealed. Lorien Revealed has been showing every, the control, all the control forums, huge hotness for Lorien Revealed. And I get it, man. Like, I know we've joked a bunch about how... I was, I, I've joked a bunch. I'm like, dude, if they just printed blue instant, shuffle your deck draw card, playable. Yeah. Playable. Well, you know you know what uh, is interesting? Besides the, the shuffle part, the, uh, going back to Troll of Khazad Doom, is, uh, and, and even Lorien Revealed, uh, is it's colorless, uh, a colorless answer to uh, Blood Moon. You know, if you're playing uh, like a one-off basic... In your deck, that is now five basics that you have if you're playing, you know, I'm not playing for Troll of Khazad Doom, but basically allowing you to get the basic you need when you need it using colorless mana is is pretty pretty powerful against those decks that uh, that are playing, you know, Blood Moon or like messing with your mana somehow. Yeah, it also allows you to artificially inflate your 
colored count. Like both cards allow you to do that, whether yeah. it's for grief uh, or for any of the force effects. So like just being able to increase the number of cards that you have that are those colors is like actually really relevant. And the quality of the, at least for Lorien Revealed, I mean, I guess for all of them to an extent, is they sort of help feed each other like in multiple copies because if you use your first three all to cycle to get lands and then you, you get to cast the fourth one and the fourth ones are pretty impactful spells like when you get to that stage of the game. Yeah. Like, like they, those are like very... Uh, like one is just a very dense threat and then the other one is a ancestral recall and I get that like five mana for sorcery speed uh, ancestral is not not it but like it's good so, in the matches where you, you know, cast it because I know the uh, the red one uh, is is an elephant and I think it, like when it attacks it gives another creature plus two plus oh um, it's a pump the, spell right the the green one is a five seven reach Creature? Yeah, ETBs it makes food. Yeah. And what's the, the white folk. one? The white one's the three three bird that gives the rest of your team like plus one plus one and first strike. It's bad. Well that's objectively like six, the worst one, yeah. It's like a six mana three three, it's the worst one. Yeah. Well, well well anyhow, we say all that to say this. Uh, what we want to talk about actually on this episode is uh is the rhetoric around uh Orcish Bowmasters. It seems like a lot of people are on one side or the other of the Bowmasters uh debate. Uh, personally, for me, I think it's it, the the correct answer is that the standard art is the better art. Uh, mm. But but it, th- that's all a jest. Uh, people are calling for this card to be banned. Uh, I think they're the overwhelming uh, vocal minority um, to the people that have played against this card and with this card that are like, this is good for the format. Which is truly, I'm on that. I'm on that side of that that debate. I'm still up in the air on it. When, when you were like, hey, let's talk about Bowmasters and its positive effects in the format, I think it being part of bringing black into the foray of fair decks, as opposed to just black being used as a dark ritual deck in the format, I think that's positive. Yeah. I, the, as we were chatting about before we hopped on this uh, recording, it, the more I play against Bowmasters and the more I talk about Bowmasters with various people who play different archetypes, the more I think about how every part of Bowmasters is excellent, and it, so it's good against the decks that want to draw cards, it's good against X1 creatures, but it also provides multiple bodies, uh, and it goes wide and tall. Like, it does everything at instant speed for uh, the minimal cost. Like, it's not a blackback cost, it's very splashable. So every single part of the card in pretty much every facet is exceptional. Yeah. And the... But the, the areas where it's most punishing, it, I keep going back to the argument of uh, the discussion a long time ago, and I think it was P. Sully who had mentioned once, where he was like talking about Submerge. And Submerge is a free spell that tucks green creatures. And he's like, this design is weird because why does it exist? Who are we trying to punish? Why are we trying to punish the Tarmogoyf player? Like... That seems like not game, not degenerate gameplay that we should give a free piece of interaction to that you know helps put you really far ahead. It, it seems like that kind of play pattern isn't the thing that needs to be uh, you know brought down. And yeah. so with with Bowmasters, Bowmasters is pushing the like. I don't think Bowmasters is good against breakfast. Like yeah, it's fine, but like they don't need to expose their pieces. It's a combo deck, yeah. and Bowmasters okay. is effectively a removal spell. But against the decks that wanted to play. You know, uh, your your green sun zenith for dryad arbor going going deep, and then bowmasters just gets to punish those players. 
because they don't have a combo out, they need to commit their stuff to the table. Yeah. Or the like punishing punishing cantrips specifically, I think we have a long history of oh, cantrips are the best thing to be doing. And I think the format is so fast now that I don't necessarily think that's true. I think that like if you spend time like nowadays, let's say let's say you sit down a, a, across from the table and your opponent in the blind goes volcanic island ponder. Do you not have a sigh of relief that it's not DRC or that it's not <laughs> literally any threat, right? Like yeah. you you every time you, every time your opponent you're on the draw and your opponent goes turn one ponder, you're like, "Oh, thank God." Right? I actually will get a turn of development now. Yeah. Like this is the this first is, thing I think is, "Oh, they didn't have a threat." Right, yeah, yeah, but it's like, it, but the cantrip itself isn't the thing that's scary, right? Like, yeah. and, and also it requires time now, and the format is so fast that you're not often given the time to be able to execute those things, and like, you have to compress your uh, curve even further in order to leverage those cantrips now. And then there's other cantrips that, you know, if you use your cantrips, we were just talking about Lorian Revealed and uh, the other cyclers to ensure that you hit your land drops. I just think that, like, the, the part of Bowmaster's Initially, when we when it first came out, I'm like, yeah, this is this is doing a bunch of interactive things. It's not like Hull Breacher, which is total shit, where the game just ends. You actually can play through a Bowmasters, which I still think. Uh, but I think that the part that we haven't, the discussion about Bowmasters haven't hasn't shifted to yet is, I don't know if Bowmasters, as uh, being as ubiquitous ubiquitous as it is, is meaningfully healthy. In that, I feel like it's punishing aspects of the format that were already being punished by the fact that the format was speeding up. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I think um, before we go too much further down that path, I wanted to uh, just say something about uh, about Bowmasters and Black Blade being playable. I think that um, it allow just it, it existing and being like so obviously powerful allowed for Black to, to be seen as a color that can be played again. When, in truth, I think Black was, especially if you consider the other cards that we talked about, like Sauron's Ransom and Troll of Khazad Doom, when Black actually was playable this entire time, but people weren't willing to uh, ruin their win percentage with an experimentation. I, I don't know if that's true, because I don't think the... Like, if you look at the Black cards without Troll, or with it, which is just speeding up a deck yeah. that otherwise previously existed, right? Like, you having access to a 6-5 unblockable on turn two is like that's just an extremely fast clock right it means that you're you're now pseudo reanimator yeah on top you, of you have shadow. four turns yeah and your opponent has four turns i should say well your opponent has three turns assuming that they need two fetches to play the game and i think that without the additions of lord of the rings i think black is still just completely buried by uro existing yeah. like you you can never play through an uro where now the the lord of the rings cards just make it so that your the deck is fast enough like, a, a fair black deck is fast enough to go under an Uro or to fight through an Uro after it sticks, you know? Like, because you can chunk with all of these heavy um, heavy pieces or you can play with enough disruption. And the fact that, like, you're, you would need to cantrip your way to an Uro and then rather than punishing the Uro, we're punishing the stuff around the Uro, yeah. you know? I, I, I think that, like, fair black, I don't think, was underexplored in before Lord of the Rings. I think Uro actually just buried it. You know, yeah, that's I, 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 like in a way that was in a way that was unhealthy, you know, like it, it would be better in that circumstance if Uro didn't exist to open the, the pie a little bit. But Black getting so many tools and it also being good, incidentally, against the removal that those decks are like other fair decks are based on. Right. Like other fair decks that aren't playing Black are white based. 
and Bowmasters is very good against both Swords and Prismatic Ending because it creates multiple bodies. And now you have to decide if you're going to go after like the actual uh, threat to your life total, which is the Amass token, or the one that, without mana gating, just punishes literally the rest of every card in your deck. So it, 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 puts you to, it, it puts you into tough decisions. The thing is that all of those decisions are good for the Bowmaster player. So yeah. it, It's it, funny, so, every yeah. time we have, have an episode like this, I start off with a very strong stance for what I think is what I want. And somehow you always seem to be able to pull me closer to the middle again. And, and and this is this is doing that again. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I <laughs> like I, I would much rather have a bowmaster in the format than a narset or a hull breacher or any of like yeah. this the static like you don't get to play anymore type yeah. cards. You know, so I'm I'm like I, I am definitely not the, one of the people calling for a bowmaster ban. I, I'm more thinking of like as like as we've seen the cards that they they have printed that have seen play in like that like have made it to viability in legacy. I feel like a lot of them all punish the decks that are already struggling to like maintain themselves at all without just adopting all those tools themselves and then you know effectively uniforming the format into like these are the only cards that are playable and then you have some people that are like testing out various things like you know some people will stay on Belfastrix and some people won't or whatever it is but like uh so so it's it I I did a quick look the other day on um on Goldfish just to see like percentages you know what's being played and how far down you can go uh, deck-wise until uh, you go under the, like, 2.5-3% mark uh, on deck saturation. And, of course, you know, we're still getting... I think right now Grixis Bowmaster, a.k.a. Grixis Delver, is the is the primary deck. And um, what's wild is, uh, you know, a month and a half ago, 8-cast was 1 or 2. And now 8-cast is all the way down to, like, maybe 7 um, but we have 10 decks that are all above that, like, 3% mark, and mm. I can't remember a time when we were above we were above 10 decks ever. Uh, I, I mean, that, that goes all the way back to, you know, w- when we were looking at, like, you know, 2014-style Rug Delver, you know, like, when there were three different distinct types of Delver decks. Mm. Yeah, it, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I just think that, uh, in, in that respect... The fact that we we are seeing a stratification of of the meta, at least in su- in some way, uh, and there is actual format diversity, it's good in that respect because that's the only uh, in truth that I think that the out of the Lord of the Rings cards minus the One Ring, uh, Bowmasters is the only card making a serious impact uh, on the meta game. You know, uh, cards like Troll of Khazad Doom, Lauren Revealed are interesting, but I don't think they're making an impact per se on like the deck choices people are making. I think it. It is the the combination of that stuff has pushed people into like the like shadow. I feel like is way more popular than it's ever been, and it's because yeah. of the combination between sure. uh, both Kazadoom and uh, uh, Bowmasters has like significantly like increased the power level of that deck. Uh, and and ways. it's a budget deck. <laughs> gotta give it gotta give it some credit for that. Like people are I like, mean, I can get into Legacy. Now with my modern cards, you know, like Bowmasters they opened a Bowmaster or two, you know. Well, I'm saying they, they, you know, you open a Bowmaster or two because you were hunting for the One Ring, and you're like, well, what could I play in Legacy? Oh, I have most of these cards, you know. Like it's it's already a budget deck, so it, I think that that it, it's a good entry point into the format anyhow. And so people who are new to the format are like, oh, cool, I can just play this. I already have a lot of these cards. 
And Bowmaster just just kind of repopularized a deck that was already like pretty okay. Yeah, I th- I'm I'm looking for. Uh, I think it was ranked as like a, a tier three deck before before uh, this. It's probably closer to a tier two deck. Eternal Dirtles is proud to be sponsored by Moxfield. Moxfield is the best Magic the Gathering deck building website on the internet. You can create, share, and find decks from Commander to Legacy and even fan supported formats like pre-modern and old school. You can see all of our decks on our Moxfield. Follow the links below to stay tuned. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at the the last, let's look at the last 90 days of uh, data for, uh, wait, when would Lord of the Rings come out? Uh, Lord of the Rings came out, uh, whatever SCG Con was, right? Was that like the 28th of September or September of right, uh, I'll June? Look at the, I'll look at the, I'll look at the last, the last month because that has given some yeah. amount of people, some people, a, 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 an amount of time to actually move around yeah, with. I think that's fair. Uh, some, so looking at, this is MTG, MTG Goldfish. Now, like for what it's worth also, like this is tabletop. This is not Moto. Moto and tabletop yeah. are still different formats. Like there's a bunch yeah. of cards that are not legal on Moto. Everybody, everybody knows this at this point. That's not a secret. It is functionally different formats in terms of like answers to certain things, tools that certain decks have access to. Uh, so, you know, grain of salt both ways. But yeah. in, terms of, in, in terms of paper, uh, tabletop metagame, this is MTG Goldfish, uh, you know, all of the talk of you know post like like oh look at these new things that we we get to to play with grixis delver is 14 percent of the metagame right okay. which is just blue red splashing for thought season splashing bow uh, orcish bowmasters <laughs> and then 9.6 percent is death shadow which is day's wasteland orcish yeah, bowmasters it's the same, same same deck yeah so it, it it's it's still just under twenty six percent of the format that you're running into days wasteland. You know, like yeah. it, it, in in terms of like how much like Bowmaster's positivity is for the format, it it's really just the same flavor that we've had before, like the expressive ban in a different flavor. Instead of your well, that is the power getting of, to draw you two the, cards. Yeah, but that's the power of, of your opponent days to wasteland. Expressive, they just get to make bodies. Brainstorm yeah. decks, right? Like, is that you know. That's the joke. Is like every time somebody creates a card that's good against Delver, Delver just goes, "Thanks, I'll just put this." Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it just absorbs. Yeah. It. It's, the, it's, the, it's the most efficient thing to be doing. And yeah. but the thing is, is is Orcish Bowmasters leans really hard into that. In that, for two mana at instant speed, it does so much, right? It just does all of the different things in its, in a variety of different tools. Like the 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 cost of entry for Bowmasters to just be exquisite in this particular kind of shell is. It, it goes wide and tall. It, it is both destructive and removal. Like, it does everything. It does everything, and it does it uh, on the splash. So, yeah. the, the, I, but in, in ways that everybody's like, yeah, Bowmaster is positive for the format. In a way, I feel like it's also like, we haven't been lived, lived with it long enough to recognize that it's really just a different flavor of the thing that we all were really, we all really hated a, a bunch of last time. <laughs> Except instead, now they have a threat that's also incidentally a burn spell and a removal spell and makes multiple bodies and goes wide and tall. And instead of your opponent just getting to look at the top three cards and choose the two best ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it, it, it's, I, I feel like I'm, I'm dunking on the op, op, opposition to Bowmaster side of things. But again, it's not that Bowmaster's isn't healthy for the format it bringing black into viability as a fair color certainly is good for the format yeah the i think that the downside though is that it didn't do it in a way that is different from you know recent formats of old where everybody was calling for bands to begin with it's it's still propping up the same kind of decks that were doing it with just non-black cards before as opposed to helping other decks that were struggling 
like, like this is not propping Jund up. You know, it's not propping yeah. uh, like maybe maybe some number of like uh, Abzan depth decks because they have a, a way to auto kill. But it's not helping just like the uh, like the actual fair like green white splash decks. You know what I mean? Like they still need an I win button, and that could be just the the, the pace of the format is way too fast. Um, at, you know, like the format has it has sped up, and having another, uh, you know, effectively a Tarmogoyf that you know at instant speed that bludgeons your uh, selection, yeah, like the the format sh is going to speed up in that regard, and it also works in like the ubiquity of all these different decks. So like the top decks, Grixis Tempo, Orcus Bowmasters, Death Shadow Bowmasters, Painter splashing for Bowmasters, Reanimator playing Bowmasters out of the board, Selesnya Depth splashing Bowmasters. The first deck that we get to that isn't playing Bowmasters is Mono Red Prison, followed by Death and Taxes, both at just under 5%. Yeah. You know what's wild on top of that is, is so next week we want to be talking about the One Ring and its impact. You know, we just had the Modern Pro Tour, a lot of talk about that. But when I was sending you decks, uh, I, you know, the one thing that I noticed, the, fir the first thing I noticed is that 8-cast... Is now Demir eight cast. Yeah, uh, they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna play with the One Ring and Orcish Bowmasters. Why not?" I haven't even looked at the mana base for that yet. I mean, and it is something I spoke about when when I was interviewing Brian Koval at the, mm -hmm. at, at SDG. I was like, I would just throw this into my deck if I could find a spot for it. So I don't, you know, uh, I think I think there's a lot more testing to be done as far as like where the optimal place for this card is. But it might, you might be right. It might be everywhere. Where's the optimal place for Brainstorm? And any deck that wants brainstorm, right? Like, it doesn't. You don't necessarily need to find the optimal build for some cards. You can just find the the fact that the card makes the build optimal. Yeah. Speaking of Acast, I mean, Acast has splashed many a color before. I mean, you played you played a bunch of Haywire Mites without actually having any green sources in your deck outside of yep. your mana rocks, right? So it's it's not. A, it wouldn't be crazy to like also play Bowmaster to fight Bowmaster. I have seen Acast decks that play Dismember. Yeah. Simply because well, they need to be able to remove a bowmaster, so they can actually start churning through their deck normally. You know, but I just, people... I just want to point out before before we just for numbers' sake, mm -hmm. the last thirty days on MTG Goldfish, the the top. So looking at the top five decks of MetaShare, which are all bowmaster decks, before you get to Mono Red Prison, which is just under five percent, it's forty one percent. Forty one percent of the field is Orcus Bowmasters in, in in combo, aggro, and control. Okay, but that's acceptable. Uh, I take I it back. Think. I take it back. No 41%. control. There's no control. It's, no control. It's, 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 it's Temple Aggro, yeah. Painter Combo, Reanimator Combo, Selesnya Depths, which is like mid-range combo. It's so weird to me that that uh, Painter is like this is the this is where I'm going for my for my uh, splash because that's not how Painter wins, right? Like not for the most part. Like yeah, occasionally you're gonna chalice Blood Moon somebody and be like oh, I'm gonna get you with. Uh, you know my goblin rabble master what you know whatever your th threat du jour is mm -hmm. um but it's wild that like bowmaster is the card that they went to and they were like we need to splash black for this card that wins in a way that's not at our not uh, akin to our strategy at all yeah i mean it's part of it i i'm not a, a painter master so i don't know like call up callum like see what he yeah. says i i think it's also be, it, it's partly just because bowmaster on rate is unbelievable Right, it just does so much exactly. against yeah. so many things. Like, I mean, two bodies to just block and stay in the game is not is not nothing, right? But like, it's, it's ping it's a guy two, block block. Yeah, it, it's not just two bodies; it's two distinct bodies that both demand removal. Yeah, 
and it has ETB value as both removal or planeswalker check, or it can also, it's also just incidentally a burn spell, you yeah. know? Like, it, it, it is all of the... Which like, we saw if, at the Pro Tour, yeah. It, it's, it's like every... no at, The second Bowmasters was spoiled, everybody lost their shit, right? Like, it was no secret because it literally does all of the things. Yeah. It, including drawing you potentially multiple cards on ETB. Because if it trade if it, if it kills a creature, you're plus a card. Assuming that even if that card drew a card that you killed, it's like, okay, well, now you're at parity and it also makes an additional body. So on its on its face, if it tr- if it kills something, it's plus two cards because it killed the thing and made you a body, or it taxes you the, a planeswalker, and then a planeswalker isn't necessarily able to remove either side of the body. The thing is that all of the power is condensed on the orc army and not the bowmaster, but the ability that's punishing the cantrips is tied to the bowmaster. Yeah. So both bodies are very relevant. It's not like any other um, sound the alarm where it's like okay, we're going to make two one ones and they are equally. They they are equal bodies, you know. I think I think that a good a good uh, a good like not like would be like siege gang commander. Like you kill the commander every time, no matter what. Yeah, because like the, the three guys they're, they're or whatever. Just, there's three one ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to like leaving behind a four four or whatever. Yeah. But the the uh, thing about bowmasters it reminds me actually similarly of Uro, which was pushing out all the black decks. In that like when Uro was first spoiled. You look at it and you're like, oh, this card does actually everything. It gains life and it draws cards and it excels you and it's recurrable and it like you, you can never actually kill it with anything other than a swords. But then you can all like it like the entire buffalo is fucking great, right? There's yeah. no part of this that's bad. <laughs> it's true. And it, it's like in in a in a world with fetch lands, the deniability the, the denying somebody off of their colors is really like the the only like cost that it has, but not really because we have perfect mana in this format. So it's like Yes, there are times where, like, you can cut somebody off double green, but, like, it is not nearly the, the way to check that card that they, didn't, that they thought in design because they didn't design it with fetch lines, right? Yeah. And then with Bowmasters, I mean, they designed Bowmasters for modern, and Bowmasters just does, like... It, it, that's also another particular interesting thing about uh, Bowmasters entering modern. They built Lord of the Rings for modern, and modern already had Renin 6 and Fury and all of these other things that are already punishing X1s. Like, it is a really tough world to be an X1 if you're, if you're in it. But, like, it's sort of doing something similar in Legacy where I think the reason that... I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here. But the reason that people moved over to Death Shadow away from Grixis, even though Grixis has still got the majority share of the metagame, a lot of people moved over to Death Shadow because it's less uh, punished by a Bowmaster hitting yeah. your DRC that's not Delirious or whatever. Yeah. And, well, it's it's funny because, you know, there's those two different flavors of, of Death Shadow right now. You've got the more mid-range Urion builds that are playing uh, Baleful Strix, which obviously gets gets hit by Bowmasters. And, for what it's worth, it is still drawing a card, so it's not, like, the absolute worst against Bowmasters. But it's not great. You don't want that to happen, right? But if you're also playing Bowmasters, you're like, screw it. Like, I'll just, like, I'll just jam all the good cards together in the Urion deck. But I think in the more tempo-based, like, almost Delver-style decks, and I, I was playing two Delver in mine, uh, having Bowmasters as, as like, an out, you, yeah, of course, you're going to have... The Bowmasters is the only thing your opponent can target, like, you know, uh, it, it, in any way that makes it, makes it worth it uh, in Death Shadow. Because otherwise, you're playing Street Wraith occasionally, uh, now we've got the troll. Everything is an X, pl- like two or above. You know, everything is big grief. You know, all those mm-hmm. things aren't getting aren't getting killed by the bowmaster unless you play brainstorm stupidly. 
and and that's a whole like metric that like the, the, all the heuristics of brainstorm have been thrown out the window in the last like couple of weeks. I've been curious to think about like when they were designing Bowmasters, and you know I think you know Bowmasters churning the format like it's doing is interesting, right? Like mm -hmm. I think it's cool. Uh, but I, I, I've been curious, the more and more I play against it, the more I wonder when they were testing it, if, the, if they had the ETB before or if they like tacked that on afterwards. Like if they just wanted to punish people drawing cards outside of their draw step, so you flash it in and then you would amass Orcs 1 and ping after they've drawn their card. Yeah. And then they decided, actually, let's also add it as an ETB. Because I feel like the ETB is what pushes it over the top as like everything is into, yeah. like, the, now it's no... It's it's interesting to, I, I I feel like I'm rambling now, but like no no it, you're you're 100 correct. Now you can flash it in for some amount of value when there's mana open. You know, like it just adds it just adds another layer to that card. You know, because well, like at the end of the day, if if nothing happens, it flashes in and it represents three damage. Yeah, right. So you pass with two mana and it's three damage plus still and a bunch of board presence, which feels really like above the curve i don't have anything that i can think of to compare it to other than you know unplayable cards but i'm also thinking like has bowmaster sort of taken over the format as like the most ubiquitous card across all these different kinds of uh archetypes between tempo aggro uh combo control uh mid-range combo actual just straight combo uh because there aren't any other reasonable things to play at two Probably, I think. I think, you know, I, I think it's funny that you know this card's obviously good specifically because it co it costs two mana and has flash. But mm -hmm. I, I think that uh, we've we entered a long time ago a world where like no one was playing spell snare because like you were either playing your two drop was either Merktide Regent that doesn't actually have two uh, you know two converted mana cost, or uh, you know you were you were skipping ahead uh, and. Playing a three drop, you know. You, you know, you just you did bring up uh, if if you if you would like to, uh, you brought up another thing that I wanted to talk about that Bowmasters has sort of highlighted for me as like I played against it and I tested a bunch of cards in the format. Uh, particularly, I thought because um, you brought up spell snare that one mana conditional removal spells like spell snare, stern scolding, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, what I have, I, I have tested all those things as ways to combat those types of cards. Like like Bowmasters, yeah. And there's two significant issues with those kinds of cards, and why I don't think any of them are playable. Even though it seems like it, it would be good at phase value because they both trade up and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. The issues with those cards are twofold. One, they're narrow. Yeah, well, yeah, agreed. But they're <laughs> narrow in a react. But they're narrow plus Sustained. being reactive. <laughs> so the person who's playing Bowmaster, like we were just saying. They can just fire it off on their at the end of their turn two to progress their board at no cost. Like it's it gives them all of the edge, all of the advantage, just by casting their spell. Like they are under no condition to have to wait if they don't want to. They can just put a clock on you, and it's a significant clock with multiple bodies that's you know taxing you in different ways, and you know putting you in, and putting on the squeeze. Whereas snare, you have to have it in your hand before they actually fire that off. Same thing with stone scolding, but the other side of it is that if your opponent even has a sense about it, they just don't have to move, yeah. right? Like, you are confined by your opponent's actions with those kinds of cards, which makes it just impossible for you to, like, actually effectively leverage it unless your opponent is willing to let you. Yeah. 
especially, you know, we're going to go, I'll take this all the way back to deck building. Uh, if you're going to land a go, your opponent, and you're playing a deck that plays Brainstorm, you've probably cut, like, some, you know, fr- from the standard 25 land in a 60-card deck or whatever, you know, you've cut down lands for your cantrips, you know, in deck building. Like, what, this is, this is you know, even before you even thought about building this deck, just the way ma- the way that deck building in Magic the Gathering has worked since the advent of Brainstorm and Fetchlands is that we lower the amount of land so that we can... You know, we we're basically replacing those those land drops with uh, with spells that find us those lands. So when you're in a situation where you're going, well, I'll just pass turn, but you're not dropping land, you're not creating more board presence, or you're not putting an advantage out for yourself. Yeah, that's when things things go really wrong. So yeah, I think spell snare and stern scolding aren't going to do it per se. They're going to be cute and catch people occasionally, but you know, specifically spell snare. Just it still doesn't feel good, even if you hit the occasional Orcish Bowmaster. Like I just feel like there's better ways of dealing with an Orcish Bowmaster than putting a card that only counters Orcish Bowmaster. It seems like uh, right now. To be realistic, there's actually no good way to deal with a Bowmaster outside of catching it on the stack. Yeah, Uh, because it will leave a body behind that will either compel you to trade another card or put another resource in into fighting over the second resource that it made, Uh, and it will at least trade with either a card that you already have on the table. Uh, or it will deal some amount of damage, and in, if you're playing against an aggro deck, that's not nothing, right? So, like, yeah. it's not like their card did nothing if it sticks. So you have to catch it on a stack. Plague Engineer the, naming Orc. So, Wraths are fine, right? Wraths are, yep. are ways to clean up, Terminus clean up a does board. It. Yep. Uh, but I think that the, the issue with anything that is a conditional counterspell, the, the power level of the format is such that those kinds of counterspells are no longer viable at the same level. They would need to do something else. Like, yeah. it, like Spell Snare, just countering the spell, is no longer it good enough. It needs to cycle needs to do something or else. something, you know? Yeah. It, it, like, like, it sucks because Veil of Summer is like... Veil of Summer is absolute horseshit, right? Yeah. But Veil of Summer is at the power level that is necessary in order to combat those kinds of threats. Like, yeah. the, the power level of everything else is such that your answers to things either have to be proactive so you can control the terms in which they trade or they have to have some kind of additional advantage attached to it in some meaningful way that is valuable to you you can't just have this conditional this conditional counterspell that may or may not convert at the time that you need it to convert because the format is so much faster that it's you know the games don't go to the the point where you're like oh i i now have the spell snare i can just sit back and wait for them to cast something into it you know yeah. like if if they get something in at instant speed like if i have if i open and this is also like a play draw thing but like let's say they go on their turn to pass right and i now need to like cantrip or something to find my second mana source or i want to be able to like cycle my lorians revealed or whatever to play a second mana source like Okay, cycle my Lorien's revealed. Okay, flash in Bowmasters. Okay, get my land and hold up Spell Snare, and now that Spell Snare is blank, right? Yeah. Like it, it, that, that's like a, a, a subtle example of like your opponent has to agree to those cards being good. I mean, it's why they're not, you know, because if you're playing against somebody that is even remotely aware that you might be playing those cards, it's not difficult to play around them. Like they're very easy to play around because you can't do anything else with them otherwise. And by choosing not to do anything, you're just porting yourself. Yeah. And by not exactly. developing your board, exactly. yeah. every other deck is so efficient and so powerful because every single threat is game-ending that you can't afford to not progress your board or develop in some meaningful way or advance in, in some progression, you know? So 
the, the opportunity cost of those car cards, as, as power level has increased, the opportunity of those level of those, the opportunity cost of those cards has also significantly increased because by you Rashading porting yourself, hoping that you might catch something, your power level is decreased. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, yeah, it's I like, do. It, it's, it's just like way, way steeper than like the power creep is not just power creep like all the cards have gotten better. It's also power creep in that the answers to those cards need to get better along with it. Otherwise, they're unplayable. So yeah. gone are the days. So like Stern Scolding when it was first revealed, I've been wanting a creature spell pierce for years. For years, give me a one mana way to counter a creature. And it's just like, it's, I don't think it's remotely close. Like, even the stuff that you'd want it against are cheaper than it. Like, I have a Stern Scolding. When I was testing Stern Scolding for a couple of weeks, I can't tell you how embarrassing it feels to be like, okay, my opponent's on the play, I have a Stern Scolding, and they just grief me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, right? You, can't, yeah, you know what I mean? Not, yeah, not good. Like, if, if, if the power level of the threats is that then the answers have to also be that, which means that Stern Scolding needs to cost zero. And that's degenerate, right? You can't have that. So, yeah, because the, then, the, then, then we get to the same, part, the, the same argument we have, uh, you know, that Orcus Bowmasters is taking up all the airspace from, which is then your best answer for the thing is the thing, and it's killing all of the X1s, or, you know, like for Stern Scolding, what is it, like two or well, less? Yeah. Yeah. That's also like, it's, it's not it's like, yes, Bowmaster dealing one to the Bowmasters is, is relevant, but it, it's, it's important that like you have your own Bowmasters because it's the only thing that's going to make you the additional body to maintain parity on the board. Exactly, yeah. You know, like you need it because it also does the other thing in addition to being the removal spell that we were just talking about. You know what I mean? It's like if yeah. removal is going to keep, keep up, it either needs to be like something like Swords, which deals with everything, and even then it will still trade down in instances where it's like, okay, hit the Bowmasters and you still have something left over. Or, you know, trade with a creature that has already recouped some amount of advantage. Uh, but like it, it being versatile, being able to hit anything is why it's, it's still like the playable card in the format. But like Prismatic Ending, I feel like it's falling off. Like every time I have more than two Prismatic Ending in my deck, I'm like, I am glutted. I have no targets. Like, this isn't good enough. Yeah. It's funny that, uh, you know, when, when I started this episode, I was very black and white on this. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm approaching a more gray ground, but I still do very much feel like uh, it's, it's healthy for the format uh, right now. And it may, it, it, that may change. Uh, and that's just, that's, that's less, like, data-driven and more just gut. I just feel like right now Legacy is more fun and balanced than it's been in a very long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, to me, means that it's it's fine and healthy for the format. But I I don't know. I guess, like, you know, how, how are viewers feel? Uh, you know, like, comment below. How do you feel about, about Bowmasters? I, I honestly think that it's 100% fine for the format. But I see... I guess I can see why people would would be upset about about it if they're not playing it. You know, if they if they if they're not playing it, and they don't have answers to it. I can see why they'd be upset about it, especially if you're, you know, like, honestly, Phil. If anybody should be upset about Bowmasters, it's the guy playing Miracles, right? Like because yeah. you don't have you know, Swords of Plowshares doesn't do enough against it. Sure, Terminus do, does something, but like they're gonna they're gonna have other threats, right? It's an army yeah. and it can. It's an army and it can. I, I think I, I agree. I think that like Bowmasters, you know, a, applying some amount of turn to the format, even if it is cosmetic. You know, it's like the majority of the format is still tempo, so it's still like very efficient days wasteland shells at the top of the field, and then a bunch of combo that's also just being able to abuse Bowmasters. Yeah. Uh, even if it's cosmetic, like that's still, you know, 
nice to have in in some amount before yeah. like hopefully we get some things I mean, to like we're talking up about even it, further. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice to have some amount of shake up to the format in the first place. Yeah. Uh, you know, particularly after a time where something can feel stale. But I feel like the ubiquitousness of Bowmasters means that like we're all going to be clamoring for another set to hopefully introduce something that can then shake it up again. You know what I mean? Because Bowmasters is actually everywhere. I think Trivadar's like, Crusade, but for orcs. I'm like totally <laughs> like I'm 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 like very happy to see you know something that like shake up the format in a meaningful way, but is not like obviously busted enough that it needs to get a ban because it's not you know doing anything you know super prisony or. Um, you know, devastating the way that like you know Renin Six did, where it was like you know an actually insanely difficult permanent to deal with that recouped plus one card every single time, and also locked out entire strategies, and also was a prison piece and comboed with shit like Wasteland. Like, you know, it, the the only downside is that like again they printed a card that's asymmetrical that is that is good in like every circumstance, yeah. and to that end, it's like I just hope that like as they start continue as they continue to like push the power level of cards that they do it in ways where it's not helping decks push out decks that already are struggling you know it's like give decks that need give the tools for the decks that need help the actual help that they need as opposed to like I, I, what what is the card that they can design that delver can't absorb you know what i mean what like <laughs> it's gonna have what, to what cost the, what, four mana <laughs> that's the answer I mean, and 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 are they trying to play the one ring? I bet they are. I bet people thought about it. You know, like yeah, it, it, it's. I, I feel like all of the all of the cards that have been printed. Like it's interesting because it made me think of okay, death and taxes gets you know yeah. pretty bodied by a bowmasters, right? Like it, it bowmasters is hits half of their deck because their deck has to be in range of one and two toughness for their recruiter of the guard. And so they just get bodied in a lot of circumstances where a bowmaster can just check them. And even though the, the card draw isn't gonna hurt them, like the fact that it goes wide makes multiple bodies so they can block, plus it also like shoots Thalia without the Thalia attacks, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it reminds me of when Ragavan was in the format and Ragavan made it so that DNT was the best deck because they didn't have to care about a two one. And so now I'm thinking, okay, if if that was if that pushed that it's similarly like we've mentioned this before when Renin Six was in the format the best deck was Storm because it didn't have to care about Renin Six when yeah. Ra Ragavan was in the format DNT was the best deck because it didn't have to care about Ragavan it's like if the decks don't have to care about the best card then all the decks that are playing the best card are going to be softer because a, a lot of spots in their deck are being taken up by this card that they're playing that doesn't really hinder the deck that doesn't have to care about it. Well, and that's a great that's a great point uh, that people should just be playing uh, more Doomsday, which we have a, a, a video from last week on. I mean, I don't know, man. If if it's Brix's <laughs> Tempo, which is still you know Bolt plus uh, damage, and then Death Shadow, which is like Days Wasteland plus Thoughtseize plus Clock plus you know, it's like maybe it's not. Maybe it's not actually maybe uh, not Doomsday's Doomsday. Time. Yeah. Do Doomsday's at three point two percent of the metagame, so it's not totally gone. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's still got a, a totally reasonable share. I think that like the the issue with so, like, in ways where, like, Ragavan and Renin Six are extremely unhealthy, right, some, some decks are propped up from the fact that that is the case, where it doesn't seem like there is such a deck for Bowmasters, because Bowmasters is good against everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's like, if you wanted to do something that's better than, if you wanted to do the not best thing, there were ways to do it before, with those kinds of cards, right? With Renin Six, play combo. With Ragavan, play you know, creature base that, you know, can put a blocker in the way. With Bowmasters, Bowmasters is good against everything. You want to play your creature deck? You're going to kill him. You want to play your combo deck? You're going to punish all your draw effects. 
you like you want to play your planeswalkers or whatever it's going to make multiple bodies and ping them down it it does it all so i think the format's going to need another turn unless you know the the community as a whole hasn't figured out a way to adapt to its ubiquitousness yeah. uh because it is showing up everywhere yeah everywhere. well i think i think that's kind of a good spot for us to end uh there's, I think that I come away with more testing is needed uh, on this topic, but I'm still in the, like I said, I'm still on the scale of like I think it's, I think it's healthy for the format. Even if ultimately this card does get banned in in a few months, uh, I think I think it's healthy for the format just to have it shake it up a little bit. I don't think it's going to be banned. I think like it not being a a, a prison piece is fine. Yeah. I think that like I agree. You, you, the only downside is that again, it's an asymmetrical effect. Uh, and it, it, it's not an asymmetrical effect that ends the game, but it is an asymmetrical effect that like punishes on multiple axes between damage removal and making a large body. So it does a lot asymmetrically, and even though it doesn't feel like that is as devastating as any of the stuff that like actually hard locks a game out, it still does enough that it makes it so it's it would be a tough a tough best creature to now oust because it's cheap. It's very splashable. It can go in every single kind of deck because it's good against every kind of deck. So, you know, all that is to say, I'm excited for Eldrain. Yeah, you know? I, I can't <laughs> wait to see what Eldrain's got. It, it looks, it, the art style for the set looks looks great. And again, I, I've, I know I've said this before. This is my exact style of fantasy is like the like Arthurian legend, yeah, you know, fair, like grim fairy tales kind of kind of thing. That to me is is like that is the best. That's the best place to be as far as flavor is concerned for magic. And, and you know what is uh, pretty prominent in fairy tales? Orcs, <laughs> bows, mm. masters, Mir- miracles, <laughs> miracles. It's miracles true. Is you think we're getting miracles? Okay, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, yeah, well, th- I guess that does it for us this week. Uh, please remember, like, subscribe, share, all that stuff. Uh, we're closing in on a thousand. We just hit nine hundred uh, subscribers. So uh, the closer we get to uh, the our sub goal of a thousand, uh, that helps when you're you're commenting and stuff like that. That makes Facebook push or Facebook. Uh, that helps YouTube push the the video further to people. Uh, anything like that you can do. Uh, we really appreciate it, and it really helps the channel grow. So thank you so much. Uh, Phil, I will catch you next week. Check out this video we got on Legacy Doomsday and check out some of our other videos. Thanks so much. Bye.